Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Hello. Hey, Todd. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. Let's just start. I, I'm not gonna like start starting, but we're like we're talking anyway, and I'm I'm just kind of stumbling now because I'm an <laughs> idiot. I'm gonna let people know off the hop that while I'll be asking you stuff about culture fans here in, in Kafka, Rob Zabo, our mutual friend, did like the best. Why even try to step on that? Or if you listen to uh, and sometimes why? If you don't, it's a great podcast. And I edited the conversation, so I know like how good it is, and I can provide that in the link. I have my own things that I just want to like ask you as a fellow creative. I also want to use this opportunity to just chat with you because I'm excited that we're chatting. I'm excited that sometimes I do them too far in advance and I just want a fresh chat. I love it. I love fresh. It's going up in June. We're recording this in June. It's sunny out. I myself am also in Ontario again. I'll ask this in front of our listeners. When I'm done quarantining and ready to do this, would you be up for another patio coffee ketchup? 100%. Hey, listener. Before I play the first song, I'd like to apologize for not getting this episode up uh, two days ago, as promised. The good people at Anchor, where I host this podcast and my next project, uh, they've been helping me figure out tricky stickiness mm, involving podcast distribution matters, all of which have been resolved. So this is actually a re-record of the song intro. Not like it matters. I don't have the advertisers or anything. It's all good, right? So anyway, my guests on the next episode, Jesse Weber and Jay Carrero, had this woman on, a fantastic pop R&B artist by the name of Le Vera. Uh, And I want to acknowledge Kitchener Famous Podcast for introducing her intro music to those like myself who didn't already know about it. And I'd like to thank Lay for making it. And I hope that you enjoyed it also. I hope that you go and buy it, support the artist. Here it is, Lay Vera. And the song is called DHMU. Got so much I gotta think about all the things I read. Working way too hard. Give you everything I got. Don't have time to deal with all your shit Put up for way too long Yeah, I'm gonna call up my girls We can hit a city where we deserve No, don't even try and never lie I'll be quitting to hit the clock Acting like a Monday is a weekend Drinking like we're jumping out the deep end I'll deal with the bullshit whenever tomorrow comes But until then, it's all easier said than done Call me independent for as long as I remember But I need one to depend on When it's done Hope you'll be the last one Hope you don't take it so Personal, just the way I work it Heard you know I Could be the reason why Got no motivation to try Pull it down one too many times it down too many times I'm calling my girls We can hit a city where we deserve No, don't even try and never lie I'll be quitting to hit the clock Acting like a Monday is a weekend Drinking like we're jumping out the deep end I'll deal with the bullshit whenever tomorrow comes But until then it's all easier said and done Call me independent For as long as 
been with me this whole time through every podcast i've done i don't know why i suppose because like we're friends and not necessarily because i'm doing a good job or ever have we go back before the podcast like way back to the circus room days way way back that's very true i mean i mean i could use this as a tie-in at any point but you've always been fascinated with appreciative of and interested in the local arts and all arts but you've been very supportive of local stuff why, why not just do that? Sorry, why not just be a fan? Why not just be an attendee? You have channeled education, creativity, and a lot of work into being more than a fan, into giving back. So why? Yeah, that's a good question. With the work that I'm doing, um, and I've built it slowly over time, I think it's an opportunity to reach more people and make them fans and educate them about you know, what's going on in, you know, the local world, arts world and beyond. I think being a fan alone is important because it's a, it's a good way to support the arts. You know, I'm going to live shows or, you know, buying art or, you know, supporting creatives in, in whatever way um, is possible. Um, I think I've taken it a bit further. It's just something I'm really, really passionate about and have been passionate about for a long time. Yeah, but I just think... What I'm doing, I hope to get more reach just beyond just, you know, going to a show and then maybe telling like a few people about it, like, you know, word of mouth. I think, uh, you know, if you put it online and you share it around um, social media these days, these days, it's very prevalent and everyone's on it. So it's a good way to reach other people. And when you have your own platform, like I have the blog, everything kind of lives in one spot and I kind of have control over it and I can share it with other people. I don't know if that answers your question, but I don't know. I, I want to take it a step further than just me going to a thing and appreciating it. I want to share it with other people and yeah. help other people to find all these amazing creative things that are happening in our community and beyond. What was like the first thing that you said when you started? Well, fuck, it turned five this year. I don't know what at what yeah. point this year it turns five. Yeah, That's, back in March. It's kind of a big deal. What does five years feel like for it? Don't um, you feel, do you feel it, like you're still starting it or what? No, it feels good. I'm still still growing it. So I always say like the blog is new, but like we just talked about all the stuff that I've been doing, it's not new, right? It's just the platform is new. But me, you know, going out and supporting arts and, you know, sharing that more from the fan level, that's that's always been there. That's just something that's always been part of what I've been doing. Um, yeah, it feels it feels good after five years that it's, you know, still around, still growing, still, you know, attracting audiences. And I've met so many great people over the past five years. It's also kind of good to see, you know, there's a lot of, you know, blogs and other platforms that have kind of come and gone over the past five years, and I'm still doing it like consistently, which is mm -hmm. kind of nice that, you know, people are still, you know, reading and interested in what I have to say, which is, which is nice. So, you know, as long as there's interest and as long as, you know, there's great art to discover, which will, I think, be a long time, I'm going to still keep doing it. <laughs> have you had any, like, doppelgangers even just to name like pop out of the woodwork, like Cobra Kai, and, like trying to fuck with your shit. Like I'm, <laughs> no, I'm culture appreciator no, no, 5,000. Like, <laughs> Everybody look at me. 
I'm the great <laughs> art observer, and I'm better than her. <laughs> no, no, like arch nemesis or anything like that yet. I mean, there's lots of people doing the kind of work that I'm doing. I'm not the only person blogging about art, um, and I'm glad for that. I mean, there's like so many different avenues to to talk about. Some people, you know, blog exclusively about music or exclusively about one type of art or something like that. So I'm pretty broad with the range of things that I, I talk about. Yeah, I'm not the only one doing it. And I'm, I'm glad for that. <laughs> like, as far as like the kind of things, I mean, and anything can, can live and die by a whim. Does it require reward for you to keep wanting to do it? I guess add a part two to that. <laughs> like what have been the kind of rewarding experiences doing Culture Fancy that have tipped you off, like in a big way that you're on the right track? Um, I've talked about this before in like different interviews and stuff, but definitely when, um, you know, people reach out to me and they say, you know, I read this certain post or something that you posted or something you wrote about. And it, you know, it was the right thing I needed to hear at the right time. Uh, and sometimes it's other creatives, you know, reading art, you know, interviews about other artists, and then they can pick up, you know, bits and pieces from that interview. So it's just nice to know sometimes that people are kind of going through the same thing that you are going through or maybe kind of reading about somebody's path and maybe you want to kind of do the same thing that they're doing. So you can maybe not exactly follow their exact path, but there's, you know, tips and tricks that they can give that you might be applying to your career as an artist. So those kinds of things. And people reach out and they say like this, you know, really spoke to me. Also, what has been rewarding has been opportunities. I always say I'm good at connecting people. I'm good at like connecting people with other people and, you know, helping them get opportunities that way. Like a couple of times I've posted an article or an interview and then someone has read it and then that's blossomed into an opportunity for the person that I interview. They'll reach out to me and say, you know, so-and-so read this interview and because of that, they offered me this opportunity. And that's happened a few times. So it's nice to know that people are out there reading it, appreciating the people that I'm talking to, writing about, and then giving them opportunities to, you know, keep growing their work and sharing what they're doing with other people. For sure. Dear listener, it's time for another song break. So Matthew Ryan Jacobs, if you're listening, I'm sorry that I didn't get you on an episode of this podcast. Thank you for doing Todd's Cafe, my last podcast. It was wonderful. I miss you. I miss gigging with you. I miss gigging, period. But back to the listener, I met Matthew Ryan Jacobs as Matt Jacobs back in 2007, I believe. He was, is the singer-songwriter, guitar player in a band called Citywide Panic, and you can find his current release, the thrilling EP, Living In Between, on all the things. I got it on Apple Music, but you can use the internet and find any number of ways to support this and the artists that you hear on the show. Of course, please, it's the least you can do. So... From the EP Living In Between, this is Matthew Ryan Jacobs with the titular track Living In Between. Later. 
nothing left to say Has it left you a callous man? I'd better be on my way disjointed by the way if <laughs> i hope <laughs> i want people to learn about and appreciate what you're doing i mean i hope you'll share it with people I, I don't want it to be like a resource for people to listen to you chatting on an on an interview or guesting on a podcast for the first time right it's, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit me centric too i mean it is the Todd donald show of um, course it's your name right <laughs> <laughs> i trust like, your editing skills yeah there's that too uh, <laughs> Okay, when when I, when I think of KW, it's almost like what I think of the scene or community, as much as it can be called that in various times. Sometimes it's very much not communicable. No, it's not community 
Able as much as people would like it to be, as depending on the genre, depending on the art form, but community scene, like we met in 2005. And when I think of the arts community that I've been able to be a part of, it's almost like I'm thinking about another life. I finally got to the point. Yes. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was in my 20s and I'm a lot closer to my 40s than I am to my 20s. So much has changed. So having lived in the Arctic, as you know, I have like, I don't even know where I feel like as an artist or as a person, I exist anymore. And it's a neat place to look at things. Okay, fuck, I'll, I'll get to a question now. <laughs> do you feel like a sense of community in what you're doing? Do, do you feel like people want to work with each other and not just cross promote? Oh, yeah, there's a, a pretty, there's a very strong arts community here. Um, sometimes it is a little bit siloed because, you know, there's visual arts and there's theater and music. So sometimes they don't all talk to each other. And, you know, they all have different needs, right? Um, but, I, you know, I do think that, you know, there is community in the arts here, uh, people working together. Sometimes arts people, it's kind of all we have is each other. So it's really hard. So um, the arts community here, we're always working together to kind of make things happen, really hustling and kind of scraping together to make things um, come through. So, yeah, it can have just felt like this for me. But there have been times where the fact that all we have is each other isn't enough for it to actually manifest into like feeling like a community. And I'm not just talking about COVID times. It just feels like no one cares. Or sometimes it just feels like what you're doing isn't enough. Have you ever had periods like that? Um, do you mean like kind of like preaching to the choir? Is that what you mean? So like all the arts people are kind of doing their thing, but not reaching outside of the community to other people? Because that's definitely a thing, I think, for sure. Like it's... um. We're all working together. We all know what we want to do in the arts. Sometimes I find it hard maybe to reach or kind of for other people outside of that community to understand and support. That's definitely a thing. But if you're talking about within the arts community, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that's true. No. No. Okay. I mean, again, I spent the better parts of the 2010s not really doing anything or trying to, to find it. I guess pre-COVID times, going to, you know, art exhibitions and live shows, you kind of, you tend to see a lot of the same people over and over again, which is great because, you know, they're kind of on the same page as you when it comes to supporting the local arts, you know, economy and the local arts community. So, which is nice. That's a great way to, to feel like you're part of something when you kind of see the same people over and over again. And... I guess like specifically with the blog and the work I'm doing with Kafka, people are very supportive of that. So, and there's a lot of people rallying around really hard, volunteering their time and their expertise just to make things happen. So that definitely makes me feel like I'm part of a community, um, especially with Kafka. It's pretty much like a volunteer run organization. Most of the time there's like one or two staff people, but everybody else is volunteer. The board is volunteer. The committees are all volunteers. We tend to hire more staff when it comes to the time for the biennial because there's just more of a workload to do. Yeah, that's a definite example of community coming together. There's people volunteering time to build installations, um, mm-hmm. donating, you know, materials or their time or different things like that. That's a definite clear example of community. And then also once the installations are up, just the community, you know, sharing or coming out to talks and things like that, that definitely makes me feel like I'm part of something bigger and that people are supportive of what we're doing. It sounds like you're doing things right because I I don't hear anything in there. Like I'm coming in all jumbled. Like I don't 
know where I do I exist? <laughs> I've been through so many times where I felt like no one gave a shit. It's probably just a result of the fact that I really didn't know what I was doing or how to throw it out there. And you know, like if I were to say that I've spent time feeling like underappreciated had to do with being at that point in my life and the fact that I wasn't trying. I I feel like you as an example are someone who's been doing shit. And you have been genuinely reaching out there. So the testament to me having had times where I didn't feel like anyone was coming back with anything was me not doing enough. There are places locally or things or walls that, for lack of better terms, are insular. But aside from that, you do get what you put in. Let me let okay. me cut that I entire mean, part. <laughs> I mean... Don't get me wrong. I mean, Kitchener, the region, it's not perfect. And, you know, everything you've described, I've definitely had those feelings, not specifically related to art and the work I'm doing only, but just in general, kind of, um, the part where you're saying about, like, you know, exclusivity and inclusivity is definitely something I've felt before. And I've lived in this region. I always say it's a joke, but it's not really a joke. <laughs> so I've lived in this region for, like, a long time, maybe too long. Um, it's coming up like on 30 years, right? So I've seen a lot of changes and things like that over the past almost three decades. And yeah, sometimes you kind of step back and you're like, is it me or is it like the the location or the environment that I'm in? So again, not specifically talking about arts, things like that, but mm-hmm. generally just, you know, as a whole, yeah, this region is some place where it can be kind of hard to find your place or feel like you fit in. So yeah, I totally get where you're coming from about that part for sure. I'm sure that it's not, you know, my personal relationship with the art scene, like there's a lot of love in it. A lot of it has to do with memory as opposed to like the present. How I feel about it in the present is I've been in the Arctic, literally, there's been a pandemic. Like what sense of it am I supposed to have? I definitely have a lot of my old friends who are still doing music on the internet. Like what am I asking for? I don't even know anymore going back to culture fans here what would you say what would you say if you were to just self-celebrate what about it sets it apart like to say what sets it apart from other art blogs it just makes it sound like it's one of many i think it's one of a kind is what i'm trying to say thank you so i think if i had to say what sets it apart i mean of course i haven't read every other art blog in the world so i can't i can't really speak to that okay well Um, then you're underqualified to answer the question (laughs) i think because like I said before, I don't focus on one specific type of art form. So, I mean, I've talked to visual artists, I've talked to fashion designers, I've talked to people across like a very broad spectrum. I've talked to people who work in theater, performing artists. So it's kind of anyone who is like doing creative work that I think is interesting, I've talked to them. So I don't really hone in on one specific type of art form. So that's different. And also... Um, it's not like an academic writing style. Like I don't do academic writing. I don't do like reviews or anything like that. It's just, hey, I think this is interesting. Um, it's on until this time. You can go and see it. Here are some of my pictures. Or here's this, you know, interesting person that I think you should know about. So the writing is very accessible. So I think that also sets it apart. It's not, uh, we've all read something that sometimes it might feel like it's a little bit written at a level that's over your head and you're you might walk away feeling like you're not very smart or it's just not something you're into. So I try to make it accessible that anyone can read it and uh, feel comfortable and feel welcome when they're reading it. And then makes them want to discover more, hopefully. 
Welcome back to the song break portion. Paige Warner, such a sweet, strong, and creatively passionate person I met and had on Todd's Cafe in 2018. She was one of the first guests on this podcast in 2019 and came back on at the end of that year, letting me record us banging off a, a off-the-floor Beatles cover that she learned just for that for me. Wonderful. She's always putting out a new single that floors me. Super talented Paige Warner. This one is called Liquor. And I'd like to dedicate this track to the dry community of Joe Haven, which I no longer live. Cheers! You abused me selfless vibe <laughs> i mean that's nothing to stick your nose up at it doesn't sound aggressive at all people like to use the word hustle as if it's a term of endearment i i'm sure you're you are promoting and hustling it but at the same time you're not boasting that it's saving lives also i hope you never take away from yourself how important culture fancier is oh thank you yeah. <laughs> doing something like that but also doing it very well and staying on it um there's no question in that i'm just talking to you that's good i'll take it thanks <laughs> and this isn't the first time we've chatted because you came no. over i mean i've taken them all offline not because yours were bad but as bad as i am still as a podcaster todd's cafe and fuck lamond were just older projects uh, right we chatted with you outside uh three summers ago i think 
Kafka was going on. Right. You were doing a thing for Summer Lights, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was 2018. That was three years ago. Yep. <laughs> so biennial or biennial? How do you say it? Biennial. Yep. That means two years, right? Every two, two years, years. Except this year, it's not two years because of COVID. <laughs> right. <laughs> what specifically do you do with Kafka? A lot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So I've been with the organization since March 2017. So I was a board member for two and a half years. Uh, and Kafka is a working board. So um, we we put in the work. So there's different kinds of boards. There's advisory boards, which is definitely more kind of hands off. It's more just kind of, you know, it's not, it's not as involved as like what Kafka does. So I was on the board for two and a half years. And then in September 2019, I stepped off the board to take a staff position. So I was the programming and operations coordinator for a year. And then after that contract ended, I moved into the general manager role. So um, it's yeah a little bit of everything. So lots of administrative stuff. So I'm just making sure, um, you know, working with our bookkeeper, making sure all the bills get paid, uh, liaising with artists. Um, I do the social media promotion, you know, connecting with our partners in the community. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. A little bit of everything. I don't doubt it. Could you give me like a, a breakdown of like the workflow? Like how many hours you have to spend doing each thing? Uh, not really, because like every day is different, right? So, you know, it could be, I'm also like doing grant writing, which is, you know, when you work for an arts organization, there's a lot of grant writing and that takes up a lot of time. So yeah, I couldn't really give a specific breakdown because it's just, there's just so much. Yeah. So writing grants, you're talking to artists, you know, talking to funders, you know, meeting with our, our, you know, municipal partners or different things like that. So I can't just give a specific breakdown because sometimes every day, every day is different, basically. Right. Like you could just go into overtime without even thinking about it and things can come up that are. <laughs> yeah, sometimes things come up that you were, uh, didn't plan for, which is, you know, that's always fun, but that's just life. So um, yeah, it's a lot of, uh, you know, using your creativity as well to, <laughs> to, to get things done. But yeah. Has there ever been a time when it was like, like you say the word fun, but ha- <laughs> like, have there ever been times when it was like, felt like, how long does it run for when it's happening? um, So um, in a normal year, it would be for 30 days. So the actual event is 30 days, but it's generally like two years of planning before the actual event happens, right? So there's, um, you know, the open call process for gathering the artists and going through the projects. And then there's, you know, working with the artists to, you know, refine the projects and then all of the other stuff that comes with, you know, scouting sites, talking to business owners, talking to the city, because we often um, place installations on city property, and all the behind the scenes stuff that has to happen for like a, a seamless 30 day event to happen. But there's a lot of work behind the scenes leading up to this 30 day event. But this year, because of COVID, because there's been so many changes and every time we thought we had something figured out, then we'd have to kind of pivot again. Pivot right. is becoming one of my least favorite words. Um, <laughs> oh. But <laughs> but so this year we're doing like a summer event. So we're rolling it out June, July, August. So some installations are already up and then some will be installed like later on in June and it's going to be a hybrid event. So we're going to have in-person installations as well as a lot of virtual content um, because not all of our artists can come here, not just because of all the travel rules and things like that. We did lose two artists from the States earlier in the year when it just became clear that they couldn't 
come here because of the travel rules and right. the virtual thing just wasn't going to work for what they wanted to do. So lots of changes, but, you know, um, we're happy with the program that we've put together, even though it's a little bit delivered, a little bit different from what we had originally intended. Uh, we're still happy. So it's going to be a summer of Kafka instead of just a 30 day event. Oh, that's nice. Well, okay. One, just to look back on what a typical event would have been like pre-COVID, I'm going to try and put on my professional-ish kind of like good podcaster hat and say that like we're talking about installations, some art installations that are huge. And we're talking about like all across town. Uh, I wrote it down in my notes. All kinds of installations across Kitchener-Waterloo of different types. Some of them are just like, wow, like how do they... (laughs) How do they get them here? Uh, how do they get all the materials here? And does it have to be pieced together? Like, basically, for those of you who haven't put events together before, it's kind of like the people who run Kafka are are doing thirty weddings, <laughs> like one after the other. And like, Im- imagine like like how stressful that is. So like thirty days in a row of someone could call from the four hundred one saying that like I dropped my installation. We need to <laughs> we need AAA here. Uh, so this isn't gonna happen. I can't even imagine. That's something else. And then when you take an organization that does that, and like you're saying, you're you're sort of mixing it up with the, you just said it. Do you feel like, I don't know, as anyone would, that going forward, like you've learned some new tricks that you've had to learn, the pivoting and the COVID uh, going uh, yeah, forward? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, so Kafka is kind of like unique because there's nobody really else in Ontario doing what we're doing, like at the level that we're doing it. So this is our 20th anniversary and there's no, like in Ontario, there's no other like biennial like organizations that have been operating as long. So that's kind of like a, a big deal. <laughs> so we're yeah. very proud of that. You know, we've worked with a lot of big names, a lot of, you know, emerging artists uh, in Waterloo Region. That's that's huge, right? Yeah, learning new things along the way. And, you know, whenever new challenges arise, we have to kind of come together as a team and figure out how we're going to go forward. And so for example, this year, there was a lot of site jumping, like we hadn't had specific sites set out that we thought, you know, we were going to use. And then because of, you know, changing regulations and different things like that, we had to kind of move different sites around. So it was a lot of, um, you know, people on our team, like talking to different building owners, talking to a lot of different partners, just trying to secure new sites and things like that. But yeah, we're very resourceful. We're very resourceful. Absolutely. We've, I personally have learned a lot over the past uh, four plus years of being with the organization, for sure. Sometimes I don't think people realize like how much work and behind the scenes stuff goes on to bring like an event like this to the public. Absolutely. So I did my part, which means hot boy summer can finally start. COVID's over. For me anyway. But what about the other countries? Bitch, what'd you say? It's the best summer of my life. Getting herpes in Vegas, not telling my wife. Will I visit my grandma? The answer is no. Because I'm back to the max and I'm looking for hoes. Started in a lab, started with a bat. I don't give a f*** because my dick is fat. Haven't you heard? We're getting beer and guns. Summer 2021. Hashtag spread puns. <laughs> I love that. So what you just heard, I played as an interstitial. It's a parody song made by a friend of mine from 101, uh, who's been in most of my frequency shows. He's been on this podcast before. He and Jack Kelly, who've also been on this podcast before, from their long-running YouTube channel, Something Picnic. Um, It's awesome. I fell in love with their show, Nipple Sucking Aliens, on Channel 101. In case it isn't obvious, when you heard that that Instagram reel that I played, the, the song Vaxxed, uh, Lars is hilarious, but not insane. He's doing parody 
of people who say those things. He's not, you know what a parody is, right? Okay, awesome. The next song song is by another friend, friend of the podcast, past guest, the lovely, amazing superhero of animation and punk rock country legend in her own time, Callie Kazoo, with a little ditty called Nitpicker. So for the art installations that are set up outside this year, 2021, um, who wants to pick them up at the end? And like nobody, <laughs> nobody responds. Yeah, that's all part of it too. Like, negoti- like, you know, negotiating like, you know, the install dates. And there's a lot of stuff we have to do with the city to make that happen. And then um, when it's coming down as well too. So that's all stuff that's worked into contracts and agreements for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Remediation, all of that fun stuff. Yeah. How do you feel right now? I'm happy right now. Um, in the the last few months, have been a little bit stressful because there's just been, as I mentioned, so many changes. But last weekend, I think we have hold on, I think four installations that are up now, so they're all COVID friendly, safe outdoors. Um, you know, no gathering required. 
So I went for a walk just, uh, you know, just downtown and within to see the other ones that are within walking distance from me. And that was like very revitalizing, just seeing actual physical proof of all the stuff we've been working on for so Mm -hmm. many (laughs) months, almost like two years now and all the different changes. So that was very exciting to see like it actually happening what we've yeah. envisioned and it's actually out there now for people to see and people were sharing some pictures and things like that. So that was, that was nice. So it's made me happy that now that things have kind of started to roll out, I'm happy about it. <laughs> yeah. When you look at the future with anything you're doing, how far do you look and, um, and what informs, I don't know what, what informs your optimism with well, your, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, Sometimes I don't know when when to stop asking. Day by day is the way to go because, you know, especially over this past year with COVID stuff, it's just you can have your plan solidified or so you think, and then the next day it could change, which is not completely out of your control. Over this past year, I've definitely looked more like one day at a time. (laughs) Otherwise, uh, I'm a planner in general, so I like to... I like to kind of look forward into the future, knowing that, you know, not always the plans you made are going to come out the way you want, because that's just life. Sometimes things are beyond your control. But um, what keeps me hopeful? Hmm. I mean, I think art is going to be always around in one way or another. Not wrong. Um, It's a great tool for, you know, bringing people together. Um, We've seen over the last year with, you know, different social movements and protests, art has definitely been a part of that. It's a way to reach people, communicate uh, with people. Yeah, there's like new generations of artists that are coming out, they're doing different kind of work. So that's exciting. So just I think change just keeps me hopeful. It's I always say change is one of my favorite things. It's not always comfortable. It's not always easy. But uh, change is just something that I appreciate and I welcome it. So that keeps me hopeful. Just knowing that things are, you know, always changing. Art's always going to be around, shifting in different ways. Maybe some new people will be coming out, delivering art and messages in new, different ways. Yeah, and in general, I just like, I like meeting people and, you know, going to shows, supporting artists. So that's just something that I can always see myself doing. So that keeps me hopeful. That's very nice. <laughs> That's all so dumb. It is very nice, but I feel like I'm I'm better saying it. And here's the thing: I won't say this till the end. I've always looked up to you. Oh, um, thank you. And what you just said—that's a great place to to end this episode on. But we're not gonna. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just because this is the last three episodes, I don't want to say it this way, but it's pretty much. Let's talk about me a little bit. <laughs> Why have you? been willing to to come on my podcast even though i would say i'm not very good other than to to share what's going on in the local arts and to talk about what you're doing i think this is just kind of an extension of just our regular conversations um like i said we've known each other for like a million years but really what 16 is that what you said (laughs) but it feels longer yeah 2005 that was a long time ago yeah, so I mean, I feel like this is just an extension of what we would normally be just, you know, sitting in a coffee shop or in a patio or something, just chatting and hanging out. So yeah, I've known you since like your active music days. I have some of your CDs, collector's items. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. So I mean, we're friends. So I'm like happy to support, happy to to chat. And it's just an extension of just something I think we would be doing anyways, right? 
And how do you feel about the fact that my like the thing I'm doing after this is not going to be focused on the region? Oh, as you know, I, I don't only talk to people in the region myself either. Um, I talk to people globally, so I totally support that. I've always said great art is global. It's not just in one spot. Right. And I think eventually, if you focus only on local, I mean, at some point, you might just run out of people to talk to, right? So especially if a community, not specifically here, but if a community is a little bit smaller, eventually you'll, you'll get to everyone. And then what do you do after that? So <laughs> now for me, I want to talk to people everywhere, all around the world. I've always mentioned that I would love to take the blog on the road sometime and talk to artists around the world. I don't see myself like Kitchener is not the place where I'm going to end up staying like forever. At some point I will be moving on from here. I don't know when that's another thing. I didn't want to tie it to one place. Like, you know, I wanted to keep it open because uh, the world's a big place, and I don't know where I'm going to end up. Even the words "local arts." If like if someone just paints buildings that are in Kitchener, that is for the world. <laughs> yeah, anybody can get it, right? Especially now with the internet and socials. Like, you may be like a Kitchener artist, you know, taking pictures of Kitchener buildings, but that doesn't mean that only the people in Kitchener are going to buy or support your work. They may understand it more because you know landmarks or maybe it's a building they lived in or something like that but if you are an art appreciator from I don't know say somewhere in the states and you come across this Kitchener artist taking pictures of Kitchener buildings you can still support them or still find their work interesting it's not the world's gotten a lot bigger with socials and the internet too yeah what's up with all these strings like (laughs) as a podcaster I just want to live man (laughs) (laughs) I definitely dig it yeah, would you, <laughs> as as someone who's been on uh, and as someone who's listened to this one, would you say I've gotten better? Well, I feel what I've always liked about your podcast, it's very conversational, which is, you know, I've listened to your other podcasts as well, in addition to being on them. But yeah, I've always liked just like the conversational, like the chattiness. I appreciate that. It's a wonder it's I have friends if you've listened. Yeah, it's accessible. <laughs> it's not like pretentious. You're just talking about regular stuff. There's jokes. There's, you know sometimes awkward moments, but that's just like a real conversation. (laughs) Yeah. It's, you know what? It's (laughs) awkwardness in a conversation is like change in that we, we become better friends going through, like seeing, seeing each other through those moments. I don't don't, don't know. (laughs) It's better than, (laughs) it's better than perfecting an act. Right. (laughs) It's true. Uh, I, I'd rather be my own awkward ass self than um, someone who no one can get to know because I'm perfect. Or at least I put it on that way. It's true. Like relatability is important for sure. The song I'm going to play for you now takes me right back to the summer that I met my friend Glodine. It was 05. Everyone used MSN Messenger, not a MySpace. And if you had a MySpace and lived in Kitchener-Waterloo, chances are you followed the stars here. And if you didn't, you were, you were about to meet them at the Boathouse or Lucas Stagg's Bridgeport Mingles. Because they were awesome. And they had an indie record label called Doormat Records. And that label put out a local indie compilation called Doormat Remembers the Low Five. On it, an exclusive indie rock banger called Heart Attack. <laughs> Oh, 
This is more for the beginning of a podcast, but this is how I'll be mindful of your time and, and, and come to the... I love talking with people, especially my good friends, about what they're into. I suppose uh, put, put, putting work aside, indulgences like books and movies and, and TV and music, what's in your summer 2021 zeitgeist? Ooh, I've been... Well, I always consume a lot of culture um, in general anyway, but over the past well, you year, fancy a little bit more so. Sorry, there's nothing <laughs> clever in that. That was bad. I'll tell you some things I've watched lately. I don't know if you've seen Questlove's documentary, Summer of Soul. No, I want to, though. It's on my list. Brilliant. 100% recommend it. So good. I watched it at Hot Docs last month. That was amazing. Um, Does Questlove do anything that's not? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> He never misses, really. So no. definitely recommend that. That's for sure really great. Um, what else have I watched recently that's been good? Hmm. Can't think of anything specifically now, but if you have a library card, you should check out Canopy, the platform. I've been watching a lot of really interesting, like, small indie stuff on there. It's free. I think you, I don't remember how many movies you get a month, but it's canopy.com. You sign up with your library card and you get free movies and it's like independent small stuff that you're not going to see on other streaming platforms. So definitely check that out for sure. Yeah. I think movie wise, those are the, well, canopy for sure the platform and summer of soul really stands out to me right now for sure. And books, I'm always reading something. So we can be here talking forever about the books that I'm reading, but I'm an avid reader. It's even hard to say what's what I would recommend right now, but um, I just finished the Eden Robinson trilogy, some, the Trickster trilogy. Recommend that. Really great. 
and then also watch the TV show. It's, it's only, it was only on for one season. It got canceled, mm-hmm. but um, that was great. And I'm completely drawing blanks now. It's probably because I'm hungry. I haven't eaten dinner yet. Cut that part out. But <laughs> <laughs> I might I might not edit this at all. I'll leave in all of my bumps and your fire <laughs> responses. <laughs> the last two books I read were the ones that I bought last year when I was down. And oh had, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, like I just bought Gabrielle Union and Anna Kendrick's books, and those are the last two books I read. Oh wow, I've probably read over a hundred books since that time. <laughs> <laughs> Show off. <laughs> just saying, you know, it's not a competition. Glow <laughs> is glow short for gloat? No, I, I mean, sorry, I know it's short for glodine. Uh, I'm just being saucy. Of that hundred, what's your fave? That's a stupid question. Um, oh, that's hard to narrow down because, whew, yeah, I've, okay. I've just read so many, so many books. Oh, what's my favorite? Yeah, I put me on the spot. I don't know if I can answer that. <laughs> okay. Are you rit- are you ritualistic with your reading? Like, do you like, okay, it's reading time, time to make tea, or do you just read when you have the chance? I read whenever I have the chance. Um, before, when I had like a more of like a government job, I always had a book in my bag or at my desk and I would be reading like on breaks at lunchtime whenever I could get a chance like you know sneak in 15 minutes here on break lunchtime go outside read with my book so I don't really have a, a ritual yeah it's just kind of reading whenever so and if you get really if I get really captivated by a book then it's I want to read more put aside more time to read it but it just depends on what's going on with life and other things I appreciate that I'm satisfied as a a podcaster and as a friend of yours to have had this time but at the same time even though it's not what I'm going for in the big whatever I would call my game as a podcaster I I always feel bad when I have someone on and I I suddenly get the hope to um create something that they'll want to promote because it's not what I do (laughs) it's certainly not what I do best but I I I still hope that you're glad you came on for sure uh, I will continue being thankful for our friendship. You've all, you've never fallen short of being supportive and, and interested to know what I have going on. It doesn't go under under notice or unappreciated. Like it, it, it means a lot. Like the, the older I get, the more I fall out of the habit of paying attention to or being a good responder messenger with people. I'm getting I'm just getting sentimental and I'm like, you've been a good friend for a long time. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, I love you. And yeah. more more things that make me want to fucking cry. So <laughs> So as I get closer to the to the end of this particular podcast, the Todd Donald Show, I want the world to know that that in the spirit of doing things, you, you fall into a club of like five to ten people, including my mom, that are just the best. That's all. Oh, that sounds like a really awesome club to be part of. Thank you. I'm honored. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Todd Donald Show. Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Machiel Kino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. 
And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Thank you.